Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week to talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market here on the Duncan Duo Show. Andrew Duncan joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage. When we aren't on air, make sure to follow us on all of our socials. We are at The Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, uh, TikTok, pretty much every social media out there. We are at The Duncan Duo, and we'd love the opportunity to connect with you there. We're doing uh, some cool lightning giveaways. Um, We always post up uh, properties for sale, exciting information, news on the market, and memes, which is basically the only reason people follow us on social media (laughs) and all that anyone needs to get all the news going on in the world memes that's all you need to know just me if if there's anything you need to know about memes tell you everything they're they're always correct and they're always factual <laughs> so anyway uh, mike we um there was a, an article this week that talked about uh, rising home prices yep. which we've seen that pretty dramatically in tampa we've been seeing uh 10 to 15 percent appreciation um the last couple of years in most of the metro areas across the tampa bay area uh but a hundred thousand dollar home is something that you know a decade ago was relatively easy to find here in tampa bay now um not a whole lot of inventory out there uh that, while there are parts of the midwest uh, and the South where you can locate a decent starter home for a hundred thousand dollars. Not really the case in, uh, throughout most of the sunshine state. No, you don't, you don't see many of them, um, out there. They, uh, tend to be few and far between for sure. You know, it was interesting. I saw the article that talked about some of the places where you can find a hundred thousand dollar home. My old stomping grounds, Indianapolis, Indiana was on the list. Uh, Detroit, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Chicago, uh, you know, we're on that list as well. Memphis, St. Louis. And and interestingly, you can find $100,000 homes here. However, they're going to be very far in the outlying areas. You're t- we're talking Riverview, Brandon, Valrico, uh, you know, e- far east Hillsboro or into Polk County. You can find $100,000 homes in Polk County in, in Lakeland and Winter Haven uh, to the north of us. Uh, you're not finding much, uh, not much around 100000 to the south. But to the north of us, uh, you get into northern Pasco, and uh, you, you can find some homes there. But, but we're talking homes typically that are going to need a lot of work, fixer-uppers. Uh, a move-in ready uh, home for $100,000 just isn't plausible in our market. We do get a lot of people, and I think we'll continue to get a lot of people over the next couple of weeks, uh, or the next week now, with the Super Bowl fast approaching, people that see how beautiful our weather is, You know how great it is to have Tom Brady, Uh, you know, all these wonderful things about Tampa Bay. Uh, They live somewhere in the Midwest. They say, oh, you know, I'd like to find a hundred thousand dollar retirement home in Tampa Bay. It, It really isn't happening. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, they're not going to find many of those. I mean, to put it into perspective, our average sale price uh, at the end of the year in Tampa Bay was three hundred and twenty seven thousand dollars. So you're talking less than a third of our average price to stay under $100,000. So, so it, just, it just isn't available today. We, we don't have that in our marketplace uh, unless you're talking uh, major repairs or renovations. Uh, there, there are some small studio condos uh, that you could maybe find for yeah. that. Um, you know, but, but for a single family home under a hundred thousand dollars with, with what's happened in Tampa Bay and not just Tampa Bay, but, but all of Florida, really, uh, it just isn't possible. We've, we've had such an influx of people moving here, um, you know, from Northern and Western markets that the demand is so high, 
uh, that it's driven prices up and, and especially on lower priced inventory, it's seeing faster appreciation than, you know, you're seeing a greater percentage appreciation rate on lower priced homes than you are on higher priced homes. Right, for sure. And that's and that's what's causing the inventory issue, right? Is that there's no inventory in the the levels. There's some inventory in in at price levels that people don't want, right? But there's right. not as much inventory in the in the price levels that people do want and that lower right. prices. The, and, the, uh, well, not just that people want, because I think people want homes above a million dollars is what they can afford. Right, right. right. You know, because there's an inventory above a million dollars. You got like seven months of inventory, which is still amazingly low for a luxury price point to have. Right. Um, you know, that much, uh, that little inventory, but one other caveat to it that I think is important, um, to understand about what's driving appreciation in our market. And look, this is not the same in every market across the country. If you're catching our show, uh, and you're not from the area because you're in town, maybe for the Super Bowl, um, you know, it, and, and you're wondering kind of what's going on with our market. We have 1.2 months of inventory, which is they, uh, the record recorded low since they've been tracking inventory in Tampa Bay. We've never had fewer homes for sale uh, in terms of MSI, month supply of inventory before. It's just, it's, it's record breaking. And what's, what, what's causing it is more, you know, obviously we have a lot of local moves, people that are, our economy has, has done well comparably to other markets across the country during COVID. And it is uh, driven local moves and local prices, which which always, you know, we always have that happening in Florida when the economy is relatively healthy, our homes appreciate. But add on to that, uh, the record-breaking population growth that we're seeing and it, you, low inventory. And when you have low supply and really high demand, what happens? Prices rise. Yeah, it's, it's funny you say, you mentioned memes earlier. Um, in in the show, and I saw a meme that I thought was hysterical about Florida's number one realtor for the year, and it was a picture of Governor Cuomo of New York. Yes, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> we, we almost put it on social media, but yeah. we we were afraid of backlash, so we said, you know, we're going to shelve right. that one. And, and by uh, no means any political, uh, you know, overtones or undertones there, but there, 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 but, but I it was funny. It's but but it's, it's true. Funny. It's true. Right? I it's saw funny. the same thing. I saw a Utah one that said uh, Utah's realtor of the year. And it was a picture of Gavin Newsom, you know, yeah. the, the California, yeah. the California governor. So <laughs> right. the, the interesting thing is uh, politics and policies uh, at the local level have driven people out of New York and California. But I'll yeah. tell you what, people have been moving out of New York and California long before COVID. Um, you know, they've been, that's been happening. It started when, um, the Trump administration made changes to tax law that eliminated people's ability to write off state income taxes on their federal taxes. Um, or not necessarily eliminated it, but it, but it changed it dramatically. And, and so that, 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 uh, fueled it. And then of course, just overpopulation in general and dramatic price growth. I mean, look, there are parts of California and New York that uh, you can buy a bathroom for a million dollars. I mean, it, it's, it's insane how much prices have grown. And it's just priced too many people out of the market. And as technologies emerge, more and more people can work from home, can work from other places. And, and that, just, that, that just allows people more mobility to live in other places that are more affordable so that they're not stuck uh, paying these exorbitant prices. And, and what's happening in those markets you're seeing prices start to soften as people leave. Right. Yep. Absolutely. So, so another, I think another point, um, kind of on that same token about 
um, you know, the the uh, the changes in our real estate market and and the population growth, the supply and demand curve, all those things are heavy contributors to to what's going on. Um, also, though, uh, record low interest rates continue to drive prices up, uh, even in markets where there's population growth problems. Uh, prices are are flattening and increasing in some ways because of the uh, the phenomenon of how low interest rates are. Yeah, and I'm so glad you brought that up because I was going to mention that too. Is you know there's this affordability myth up there because it goes you know prices rise so high nobody can afford it, and the reality is in a lot of cases that is a myth because of interest rates and because of how low they are, and the reality of what you can afford because interest rates have dropped so much. You know, interest rates are about, you know, 0.875 to 1% lower than they were this time last year. Um, it's going to be there. You can buy a lot more house and right. that's going there far greater than the appreciation level. So, you know, if you're buying this a house today, um, it is even if it went up um, in value, it's you're probably still paying less on a monthly basis than you were if you did this a year ago. And yeah, no. No doubt about it, and and I think that that's that that affordability scale and the fact that our local economy has done pretty well through COVID, comparably looking at, and I'm not saying people aren't out there losing jobs and there aren't economic obstacles and challenges. I'm simply saying Florida and Tampa Bay has done better than a lot of other areas, and and so when you when you mix that in with low interest rates and it's just a, a proper recipe for, um, you know, a, a dramatic increase in in sales prices. And, and a really healthy real estate market. And you add to it that fewer and fewer home sellers are putting their home on the market. You know, they're staying put. They're yep. saying, hey, it's going to keep going up. Why sell it? Um, you know, why downsize now? I'll, I'll, keep, I'll reap all the benefits. The problem with that, and, and I'll say this because I think a lot of sellers make this mistake. They made this mistake a decade ago. I started in real estate 15 years ago. And I saw people make the mistake where they thought prices were going to rise forever and they got greedy. And when they needed to sell and should have sold for their lifestyle, they waited because they thought, you know what? I can make an extra 50 or a hundred grand. And some of them lost that and everything they owned because the market crashed. And, and I'll tell you, there are a lot of sellers out there that if they're smart, they won't make that same mistake. They won't wait a year or two and try and time the market. There are people that get paid tens of billions of dollars to time the market, and they're rarely right. How are you any better? You don't have the education, training, analyst data that they have, and they're rarely right. So, again, a lot of home sellers right now are, are, are telling us that. You know what? We're going to stay put because we're going to wait and get more out of our house. And maybe they will, but they could get greedy, wait too long and lose everything when prices start going the other direction. And there's certainly concern or fear over that over the next few years. Anytime there's a presidential administration change and, and changes to the, of how economic policy is, in, is, is put out, it, it impacts it. It can cause that eventually. It's not quick. It doesn't happen quick. But again, um, you know, it, it just, if you have equity, you know, and you have a lot of equity, you're gambling with it. The longer you wait, you know, the longer you wait, you're gambling. And, and, and I think, unfortunately, there will be some people that will wait too long. Um, and, and then they'll, because they'll want to, they'll want more for their nest egg and then they won't have much of a nest egg left. I, man, I can't tell you how many people who, who, uh, you know, several years ago, I went to their home and watched them cry and sign over their pay, sign papers of their life away, commit suicide, economic ruin, all because they didn't listen to 
every every piece of professional advice to tell them to sell and take their equity. They waited and waited and waited, and then it was too late. Um, so home sellers, if you got equity, sell your house, get it on the market. Don't don't be one of those people that tries to time the market. Take your game, be happy, and and move on. Um, so I just again, there are way too many sellers I think out there sitting on that, and and it's going to come back. It's going to hurt some of them really really bad. Yep. So I, well said. You know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so I got one thing. When we come back from the break, I want to talk about this because you know I, I want to talk about how it relates to real estate because I, you know, uh, if you haven't been paying attention to the financial markets this week, uh, an investment, a private investment group on Reddit, has caused stocks like Blockbuster and GameStop to skyrocket. Um, and I want to talk about whether or not that could happen in real estate and why or why not, because there are there are subgroups in Reddit thinking that maybe we could do something like this that impacts real estate. I want to talk about it after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show. And uh, this week on CNBC, I saw, I saw a post about how a group, an investment group on Reddit of private, investig- private investors have bought and bought stock and driven up the price of stocks like GameStop and Blockbuster to basically wreak havoc on large hedge funds and cause massive losses by buying up a stock that is worth dramatically less based on its, you know, fundamentals, uh, with the intention of, of you know, kind of getting one in, you know, having the David versus Goliath, a little, a little, uh, you know, gut punch to to Wall Street. And so, you know, I kind of thought about it and thought, you know, what is this possible in real estate? And and it's not. Uh, and and here's why. The difference between the stock market and the real estate market, because I'll have people say all the time, oh, prices are going to drop and you're going to have such a dramatic drop in price. Or you're going to have this real estate. It's so slow moving because of the uh, steps that you have to take to buy. It's not like a real estate market where you can just log on and buy something. It's it's much more complicated than that. It's slow moving. It's regulated. It's it's not something you can easily buy on margin or credit like you can with stocks. There's not a whole lot of ability to manipulate, um, you know, real estate unless someone did it on a really, really, really hyper local market. So could it happen in Tampa or New York? No, because there's no one out there with enough money that could move the needle enough to impact real estate. The only place it could realistically happen uh, in, in some kind of fashion to drive up prices and cause problems would be in really, really, really small towns. But here's the downside. People don't short real estate like they do the stock market. There's the, I mean, I can't say they don't because there are markets that trade it, but on such a low volume that it's, that it's irrelevant. So hypothetically, could it happen? Yes. Will it happen? No. Um, but, but if it were to happen, it would have to be because uh, a, a, in a really small town, local market, some investor tries to short real estate through some sort of index fund in that area of commercial buildings and, and you know, people decide to buy it all up to try and put that fund out of business on a really small scale is about the only way it could happen in real estate. Yeah, I mean, it's and, and just the pure like if you're buying a house or real estate, you're the, the price point versus a share of a stock is right. so much. Right. So it, it eliminates so many people into the market because not everybody's sitting around with, you know, if you if you're buying a twenty dollar stock, you have a twenty dollar bill, you can buy a share. You can't right. go buy a twenty dollar house. 
Well, yeah. And, and again, are there um, real estate investment trusts? Yes. Are there yeah. ways to spend small amounts of money and own a small piece of real estate? Yes. But it's on such, it's on such a small scale nationally, and it's spread out so much nationally that, like I said, the only way it could work is if it was uh, a lot of people, okay, instead of buying a stock, a lot of people were manipulating and buying real estate in a really small local area. That's about it. So the idea that a group on Reddit is going to somehow um, <laughs> cause an impact in the, in the real estate market. Now, could they theoretically impact a large builder stock that could somehow impact the real estate market. Yes, but nothing like what's happening with game stock. No, no, no kind of dramatic growth where you're seeing, you know, thousands and thousands of percentage points growth between, you know, game stock and, and blockbuster stock, for example. So I thought an interesting, uh, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's funny um, you know, that, yeah. that uh, wall street's gambling on doing some of this stuff with the, the you know short and a put and the call options and and small groups of investors are kind of taking it to them, uh, but nonetheless, uh, real estate is pretty safe from any kind of activity like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting too because you know I hear you know I thought it funny because I hear this uproar about oh how it's this or it's that and and you know well, but hedge funds do this all the time we just don't know about it. Right, it's not, and this it's not public. and and I think this is this is this is why it's so newsworthy and it's on the news and everywhere now is because this is the opposite, right? It's kind of the David versus Goliath sort of story right. where the local retail investor, yes. people yeah. like me and it's you winning. are taking out the hedge funds, right? And getting them yeah, to close their short positions. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it's, so, that, so know, here's that's why what we're I will say. If there's, if there's a Reddit group out there that wants to do this in real estate, why don't you guys target the hedge fund that owns most real estate in Tampa Bay so we can get some listings? <laughs> and then they got to liquidate. They got to you know target the stuff that they own, and then they can sell their houses to kind of help out the real estate market. And maybe real estate agents, maybe we could just, maybe us real estate agents can group up, figure out which hedge fund that is. So maybe I shouldn't talk about that. That could I could basically be violating some law right now. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to change topics. Uh, so that I don't give some attorney nasty gram, but I would, I do think it would be kind of funny uh, to see, um, you know, something like that, that it, it is. I mean, if you think about it logically, uh, we could use the inventory. So, uh, so Reddit, if you're out there, uh, please. And thank you. Uh, anyway, we'll be back. We're going to continue our conversation after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo joined by Mike Corrigan. When we aren't on air, we are at the Duncan Duo on every social channel out there. Uh, new home construction activity soars to the highest level in over a decade. Um, it's interesting because uh, sometimes, uh, you know, when... Um, you know, when, when there's a need for inventory, the builders sometimes are slow to respond. They have not been slow to respond. Builders are creating inventory, massive amounts of inventory quickly uh, and, and have been for a while to compete and keep up with demand from yes. home buyers. That is, un, I mean, honestly, you know, there's never been a time where we've seen this kind of demand. And And the interesting thing is that the one thing that I think holds Florida back and specifically Tampa Bay back is the, the process, the permitting and inspection process that, that can sometimes be very cumbersome. Uh, I mean, I, I own a home right now that I want to tear down and it, and, and we're talking months to get this thing approved. 
it's hmm. it's really kind of silly. And and you know the the downside is that people out there need homes. Uh, yes. The real estate market needs the activity, and it, you know th- they need to improve it. They need to expedite it. They need a, a a process that allows this growth and need for housing to get created to move a little bit more, uh, you know, closely. Because I'm going to be honest, I don't really think the permitting process does much other than say, "Hey, give me some money." I've seen how manipulated it can be and how one inspector will follow everything to a T and another guy comes in with a rubber stamp and doesn't even look at anything. There's so little consistency that frankly, I don't think it's anything other than a fee or can builders pay for an expedited fee. If they pay for expedited fees, then maybe the permit department can hire more people. It's called capitalism, right? Like, you know, to me, uh, th- those things are logical. If I want to, t- if I want to go somewhere and get something, and I want it faster, I pay more for it. If I want to go skip the line at Universal Studios, I pay more for it. And and I don't see why they can't set up some expedited department to improve that. But uh, you know, apparently, in decades of decades and decades of governance, no one's really thought about that idea. So, um, nonetheless. I'll step off my podium now and just simply say we love the builders keeping up with it. And it's going to continue. More and more people are going to want new construction in our market specifically because there's been an educational push, not just from real estate agencies, but from the, you know, the housing organizations like the Housing and Education Alliance, for example, uh, that are explaining to first time home buyers, hey, look, if you buy a new home, you're going to have a warranty. You're going to have lower insurance because it's going to be built up to higher codes, and you're going to be a little bit safer during a storm. You're going to have new AC, so these new AC systems are uh, better disposing of the little Rona particles, so you're a little bit safer from the Rona. I mean, you know, you've got all these things that that new construction brings to the table that resale homes don't have, and so what's going to happen? More and more people are going to keep wanting to buy new homes, so more and more need to get built, especially in hot markets where the demand and population is growing. Now, are more new construction sales going to happen in New York? Nope. Is, are more new construction sales going to happen in parts of California? Nope. But are they going to happen in Florida? Yes, they are. So to me, uh, you know, there needs to be a better solution in some of these areas, including, if need be, I can assure you, many of the builders would gladly pay a higher fee to expedite the process so they could turn over their inventory quicker. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know, I, I just I feel like that that you know we we have a housing shortage right now, and there isn't an all, all hands on deck philosophy to try and come up with solutions to help improve it, uh, to help people you know, move to help people get their home on the market, to help sellers, to help buyers, um, to help the real estate industry, to help the the financial. I mean, really all the way across the board, it's job creation. It's, it's, you know, the quicker that home gets approved, the quicker someone gets hired to work on it, you know, the quicker that money turns over and gets back into the economy. I mean, there's such an economic trickle down from a new home sale. And the longer you delay that new home sale, the longer you're de- delaying all the economic benefits of it. So can everybody put their you know heads together and come up with a solution that expedites it? And that that's something that I would love to see, uh, you know, some people in local government and and even in Washington with expediting mortgage loans, all, all these types of things come up with solutions to make that 
process smoother and better because it's much needed. It, I mean, the new construction demand with everything that's happened this year with COVID, um, with with everything that's happened with insurance and storms, it's just it's going to keep growing. It's 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 here to stay. More and more new constructions coming, and more and more people want it. Yeah, and a lot of what you know, in addition to all of that, and it's such. I mean, that's that's certainly a constraint that's in there that that I keep hearing about. Um, is that the, there's a labor shortage too, right? There's just a, not enough people in the trades to to build all these houses, right? You know, the, yep. the number of plumbers and electricians and carpenters and finishers and all the things that are needed to build a house, they're so in, in such demand and there's just not enough supply of, of labor workers. That's true. However, some of that, again, improves if the process to get the home- For sure. It is quicker because then people that maybe stay out of that industry because they feel like, oh, I'm just sitting here on the sidelines. If, if there's a push and it's a smoother process, I think you could see more more people start their own plumbing company, start their own AC company, create more jobs that regulation, unfortunately, holds back. So I'm hopeful again. Um, you know, it's, it's it, we're not the only place in the country that's having this problem. It's 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 across a lot of different markets in Florida. It's across a lot of different markets throughout the country. Um, but but no question that um, if if some solutions were put into place, that it could have a major impact on creating more new construction inventory and an overall overwhelmingly positive impact on on the real estate market in general. So again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show here on 970. I'm Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo, joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage. If you missed our first couple segments, we've talked about um, the inventory shortage and, and how to improve that. We talked about uh, interest rates, uh, as well as uh, game stock and blockbuster stock and how something like that isn't really ever likely to happen in, in real estate. Um, and we also talked, um, you know, just in general about some different real estate uh, tips and ideas about the, you know, record low uh, inventory that we've got going on. So, um, one, one other thing, you know, that, that I thought important because Mike, there's still a lot of people out there that, that haven't looked to refinance their mortgage, yes. um, that, that have, you know, higher interest rates, haven't paid attention, got caught up in politics, spent too much time on Facebook, <laughs> um, on conspiracy theories and are paying way too much in their monthly mortgage versus getting uh, a new mortgage quote. And in addition to, to getting the mortgage quote, uh, the insurance piece, some new yes. carriers came to Florida this year. So if you get a refinance, you know, check us out, you know, where we insure the bay.com, um, at, you know, our office, we've got you know, a couple of insurance agents that would love to help you. And, and the, the interesting thing behind that is that these new carriers sometimes will bring you better coverage and lower rates. So if you haven't shopped your interest rate, at the same time, look at look at your your uh, insurance, your homeowners insurance as well. Yeah, we talk to people obviously all the time, you know, about insurance and everything else, and and we're seeing a lot of people talking about how their insurance rates have gone up and gone up quite a bit this year in the renewal and their policy. And we referred several over to to Angela and her team at We Insure to to go back out and shop it around and you know see if there's a way to get lower premiums and whatnot because um, a lot of the insurance premiums in Florida are increasing. And so it is a good chance if it's not something a lot of people, you know, unfortunately have just kind of set that and forget it and they don't go back to ever shop it and it just renews and renews and renews and they need to take a look at it because there may be um, a chance to get better coverage, more coverage at even a less premium than, than you're paying today. 
Yeah. And, and additionally, because we're out of hurricane season, a great time to look at uh, flood insurance. If you, yes. uh, don't have it, even if it's not required, I hear people say all the time, Oh, well, I don't have to have it. You're right. You don't have to, but boy, it sure would be nice if we got hit with the big one and, and you had it because otherwise you're going to you know lose everything in your house because your homeowners ain't going to cover it. Nearly one third of us homes are high risk of natural disaster. I found that interesting. And I would say nearly 100% of the homes in Florida are at risk of a natural disaster and far too many people don't have the coverage for it. You know, they don't, they don't have the uh, proper coverage for flood, for wind. Um, you know, they, they maybe have a bare minimum policy and they think it's okay because that's what their lender, their lender is, the lender wants a CYA policy. Their lender, the lender wants to protect themselves. They ain't caring yes. about you. You need to protect you. And, and so many people have insufficient insurance and bad policies when it comes to these natural disasters. And man, I got to tell you, you know, I've seen it. I've seen people suffer through this stuff. You, you don't want to be on the uh, of the wrong side of not paying a few hundred bucks for flood insurance and then have something happen and, and lose everything. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and now's the chance to look at it when we're outside of season and it's uh, less likely of a chance of natural disaster than, you know, the in during hurricane, hurricane season, season right, right. around. So now's the time to look at it and, and do it. And uh, I think we brought this up when, when hurricane season first ended to do it then. But if you haven't had a chance and, you know, got caught up with the holidays or whatever else you're, you know, we're in January now, it's time to do it before um, June 1st gets here. And, and um, you know, we're back into hurricane season, but right. you'd be surprised on how a lot of people think it's just going to be this astronomical number of a premium and they're going to have to spend so much money. And a lot of times it's very, very low cost. And a lot of people are very surprised on the coverage they can get and and how inexpensive it is to have that peace of mind. Yeah, and I think that um, you know taking that extra step when you're not required to have it. Now, look, if you already have it, most flood insurance rates are based on the elevation of your home. It doesn't vary much, uh, you know, like other insurances based on other variables. There are some private carriers, but most policies are FEMA policies. Uh, that are just sold by uh, insurance companies that that FEMA, you know, kind of controls the rates on, and it's it's right. dictated by elevation. So, um, I, I mean, I could have a whole show about how stupid I think that is. You know <laughs> how how silly it is that the elevation. I mean, you've got places that flood all the time, but happen to be at, you know, certain uh, amounts above uh, above flood, and they don't have to pay flood insurance. I mean, it's, it's nonsense, but it isn't changing. So the likelihood is if you have flood insurance already, you're good. Shopping, it ain't going to change much. It's really more for the people that don't have it uh, and specifically don't have it and aren't required to have it. So, again, we insure the bay.com. If you want to get a flood quote over the next few months, it's the best time to do it because there's not going to be any named storms. And, and um, you know, so there aren't going to be any hoops to jump through and your waiting period isn't going to put you in risk. A lot of people will wait till April, May, just before the season and start shopping. And then that 30-day waiting period that kicks in will cause them to, to miss the start of hurricane season because, you know, they, they didn't do it soon enough. So now's a perfect time. Again, we insure the bay.com to get your um, updated flood quote and really look at it if you don't have flood insurance. So taxes. Taxes, taxes. That's what everybody's talking about right now. <laughs> right, We're going to talk about season. taxes after a quick break and how it um, translates to real estate uh, in the coming uh, months after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo show. And Mike, you made a joke earlier in the show about how um, there were some memes out there that labeled uh, Governor Cuomo 
the you know Florida's realtor of the year, <laughs> right? <laughs> because of the <laughs> amount of population growth from people uh, moving from New York, and and the same could be said for a lot of other states. He's obviously the one that's on the news the most, sure. uh, so so he's the one that kind of gets labeled, and and New York has the I would say the largest amount of people moving here. I always joke. That um, you know, we're Florida, but we're becoming Florida. Uh, so, but the reason New Yorkers pay the highest taxes in the U.S. and and so what what's happening and what we're seeing isn't you know people say oh it's it's politics or it's this it's that it's COVID. Look, it could be some of that, okay? But uh, most people are motivated to move by the almighty buck, and when their tax rate um, you know, is, is so high, we're seeing more and more people decide, you know what, I'm tired of paying this and I don't really like New York that much. I can go visit a few times a year. How about I go live in the sunshine state for a lot less money? And, and that's going to continue. So local home buyers, you got to understand this. If you are, um, going out to buy a house, you aren't just competing with, you know, Susan and John down the street anymore. Okay. Right. You're competing with Susan and John from New York city. They got a bucket load of cash that are willing to overpay for a house because it's going to save them hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes. You can't, you can't expect to get a house at a discount. If a home is listed and it's even close, it's probably going to get the list price or better because someone will pay it because inventory is so low and the amount of people out there moving here from New York and California that have more money than you is, is insurmountable in some instances. So stop with the low ball offers and the, and the thoughts that you have the ability to negotiate because you don't, um, you're not in the driver's seat. You, the, the, the you, all, houses are getting all cash offers and even in the millions, like crazy getting all cash offers and, and even homes that, uh, you know, in the lower price ranges, people are buying them for their kids or buying them for vacation homes. Or, I mean, people are just buying up Florida real estate like crazy. And you can't compete with, with cash if you're financing, especially if you're coming in with low ball offers or asking for concessions or closing costs or asking for, you know, contingency on sale or some crazy nonsense about, you know, you want to close in four months or something stupid, <laughs> like seriously, stop it. Like you, you, you have to understand the number of people moving here from States where the average income and net worth is much higher than Florida is higher than it's ever been. If you're going to buy a home here, you are going to be competing with cash offers, no matter the price point. So if you're going to beat a cash offer, you're going to have to be so competitive. You're going to have to work with an agent that gets creative, that thinks outside the box, that does creative things to make your offer look more attractive. And you can't lowball. You can't come in with some of this dumb stuff. I mean, you know, like I, we get people all the time. I'm, I'm looking for a deal. Well, you know, if you can figure out how to go back in time, then you can find a deal because there, there really isn't any deals anymore in our market it just doesn't exist there's too many people wanting the real estate and there's so little of it it's just supply and demand curve so if you want a deal either wait or uh look for a deal somewhere else because there really aren't any deals here
Yeah, and what's really, I think, fueled the people coming here even more. I mean, I agree it's, it has a lot to do with the taxes and, and, and the almighty dollar they're coming here. But is the one thing that COVID did teach a lot of people around the country is that you're able to work remotely and you'll yeah. be able to move out yep. um, and get out of it. And you don't need to. So you don't need to be in Manhattan anymore to be able to do your job. It, you know, the, it's not there, right? You can do it remotely. And so that has given a lot of people, not just New York, but other places around the country, realize they can work remotely. And it doesn't matter if they're in the city or whatnot, they can. And so not, why not come down to the Sunshine State where it's beautiful? And, and one last thing on this, because it isn't just New York or California. We right. use them because they pay the highest aid and local taxes, right? But I would say 80% of the states have ended individual income taxes. Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Kentucky, all yeah. have state income taxes. Like, you know, they don't get mentioned as much, but so, so when you're competing with those folks, you you know, they're willing to spend more than you are because they're not just buying a house. They're buying a way to stop paying uh, an exorbitantly high state income tax. I mean, I think the only states, there's like a handful of states that don't have state income taxes, Florida, Texas. I'm looking at this, Florida, Texas, Nevada, Nevada Washington, Washington, Wyoming, yeah. South Dakota. Yep. That's it. Tennessee's only 1%. But everywhere else that pays a state income tax, those people are more motivated. They, they, they'll they overpay for a house because they're going to make that up in their first year of savings by moving yeah. here. So, so again, you, you're going to be up against those folks when you're buying real estate here. Don't, and don't, don't get it twisted. You're going to have to overpay in some instances because they're willing to overpay because they're saving five to 10 points of their income. And, and even on top of this, so I came for, I moved here 15 years ago from Cleveland, Ohio. And, you know, a lot, this is the state individual income tax. On top of that, a lot of different city, areas have local, local tax bills, yeah. Yeah, taxes tax. that are a couple percent more. And I, I mean, I used to, I used to pay a local tax. And so that happens in a lot of areas. New York city definitely has one. And so that's even on top of it. So it can be, it can add up significantly. Um, right. when and you start so, so they say it. that. So if you've got someone that makes $200,000 a year and they're saving 20 grand a year, they'll overpay 10 grand for a house because they're going to save 20. Yeah. You know, and that, that's what buyers have to understand. And so many of them fail to get it and they offer 2% below asking and then get laughed at basically because, you know, somebody else is willing to pay 5% over because they're saving their state income tax. Yeah. People in Florida that are moving locally don't get it because they don't factor that math in, but they have to, they need to. So anyway, we appreciate you tuning in. When we aren't on sh when we aren't on air at the Duncan Duo. Another week of sunshine here in Tampa Bay with everyone looking at us as our Bucks get ready to win the Super Bowl and uh, go Bucks! Yes, sir.